0: ...conversation by calling 505-338-5790 or text 505-585-LIVE-ABQ-CONNECT. Welcome to ABQ Connect. Jim Williams with you here. Steve Ryman, of course, will be here Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, but he lets me do it on Mondays and I have a lot of fun. Uh, My good friend and real servant of our community is Manuel Gonzalez III. He served as the Bernalillo County Sheriff from 2009 to 2022. That seems like a really long time. It didn't seem like that now. Now it just
1: went by so fast, Jim.
0: It went by fast. Yes, I guess when you're busy fighting crime, it goes fast. Yeah. Uh, Manny is planning to run for the United States Senate against incumbent Senator Martin Heinrich. Uh, I heard you say something when you were walking in. Uh, you're enjoying retirement, but you're addicted to helping people. Yes, and so you just. You you feel called to
1: do these kind of things, don't you? Yes, it's a more of an addiction to uh, of service to the people, mm-hmm. and so yeah, that's where I find you know uh, being retired isn't really for me. Uh, I'm trying to stay active, and uh, this okay, is part gonna, of that. Activity. I'm going to tell you that addiction is created by the Holy Spirit.
0: That's one of those good things that yes. you're compelled to do. Yes,
1: I have a fire in me that I can't turn off. That's right.
0: I, I think that's amazing. I want to start our discussion today with I mean there's all kinds of things on the political landscape. If yes. you think about New Mexico, we are inundated with crime. I mean we seem to be at the bottom of every good list and the top of every bad list. Uh, and I I I know that you have you, you served Bernalillo County uh, with the Democrats. Uh, you you've now switched parties, and and there's some reasons that you've done that. But I want I want you to talk about crime in New Mexico because I think that's one of your that's your major expertise. But it's also something that you feel could be solved. Am I wrong about that?
1: Yes. But before we get there, Jim let's let's take a moment just to offer our condolences to the families of the Las Cruces police officer that lost his life oh, yesterday yes. mm-hmm. in the line of duty. I stabbed to death in the streets there. Uh, left behind his family and his children. And you know, we know that family and uh, children, and of course, that community is suffering tremendously. So you know, that being said, uh, uh, my heart's broken for that community, and uh, it, it, it's a perfect segue into the crime issue here in New Mexico. But
0: And let's I want to ask you about that. Uh, I mean here here is a person that has literally given his life for people that he doesn't know. And he's taken that risk, and his family is now left behind. Uh, do people, and I'm kind of skipping down my list here, but common citizens like, like us, we don't
1: really understand
0: evil, do we?
1: Well, what I, I would say about what I would call this higher calling of serving people mm-hmm. and willing to be able to put your life on the line is definitely a calling from, from God. Mm-hmm. So uh, everybody has a gift in life. And I believe when you go in there, having that willingness to go out there and put yourself at risk isn't something that you do fearfully. I think it's it's something that you are you understand with your relationship with God and, and, and your faith. And uh, you go out there not so much uh, fairly to do that job knowing that uh, you, know, you don't know what you're going to face uh, in front of you from one moment to the next. And
0: we... We hear about these incidences. Uh, We hear about them more happening in Albuquerque than we do happening in Las Cruces or some of the smaller communities around the state, but they're still happening. One of the things we're going to talk about today is security on the border. We're going to talk about human trafficking. Talk about Native American women that are somehow disappearing, and we don't know where they are. I mean, these are all things that seem to be getting worse and worse. So what's happened with crime uh, and and what do we need to do about
1: it? So many things have happened with crime over the time in the last ten years. To include uh, recently, the qualified immunity taken out away from police officers, the ability to do their job and 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 being held liable, so so to speak, themselves for for their actions. Uh, there's and, some... and by, Is it true that they were already
0: accountable, and and their departments were liable for their actions, and if they committed a crime?
1: they would be prosecuted for it. Yes. With,
0: without this. Yeah. They're not, removal immune, for, of, yeah,
1: they're of not immune from justice. You know, they can be yeah. charged in with just like anybody else, any other citizens, if they're acting out to the scope or the color of, of law. Right. So, so there's so many things, but, uh, to remove that, to, to have the ability to, to do their job and not feel that burden that might be the li- They, them being liable. Uh, personally. Yeah. Personally is a huge thing. I mean, uh, that keeps them a kind of a kind of hands-off type of approach to law enforcement, and you can't do that in a in a community or in a a place anywhere in the United States, especially like with or, open borders. It's a, it's not it's not a good ingredient to do be, to be successful. What are the resources
0: are law enforcement throughout the state? You talk about the sheriff's department, you talk about the various police departments, municipal, and you talk about um, border patrol. I mean, all of these people need resources to do a better job. What what do we need, for example, in Albuquerque and Las Cruces to do a better job? Well,
1: Jim, you know, of course you need like the right resources, you know, whether it's the right vehicles. It could be the right equipment, the right training. It could be a host of a bunch of different things. But the bottom line is you have to have the support from the top down so if you don't have the right policies, if you don't have the right support system in place, you're not going to be successful. I don't care what equipment you give them, and I don't care what training you give them. If you don't have support, knowing that when you make those tough decisions, and of course those right decisions, that you don't, you don't have the support from the top down, you're always going to be a little standoffish about your serving. And, and that's a challenging thing, and that's what every law enforcement agency, whether it's federal, state, or local, is facing today. Uh, the scrutiny of the media, the scrutiny of uh, not so much the people. The people want them to enforce the laws, but the scrutiny they go through and, and every single day is, is unconscionable to people, and, and that's, a, that's a hard way to live. A lot of yeah. stress.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I want to bring up something, uh, and I've told you this before. People call me all the time, yeah, I'd really like to be on ABQ Connect. And what they really want to do is they want to come on ABQ Connect, and, and they're sincere people. Yes. You know, many of them are, are Christian people that love the Lord, but they they would like to complain more than they would like to provide solutions. Yes. And so what I always tell them is I say, look, anybody can complain. This show's not about complaints. Sure, you can say, this is what my opponent thinks, and... Or this is what one side thinks. It doesn't even have to be your opponent, just someone out there. And these are my ideas that I think would be better ideas. That That's the way I want to have the conversation. And, and it'll be friendly. It could be intense. Yes. But, you know, I don't need to. We don't need to complain. So I want to present something to you. Of course, it was it was COVID year. Um, you were cooperating with federal agencies like the FBI, Homeland Security, U.S. Marshal's Office. You went to Washington. Um, I believe at the time the incumbent president was Donald Trump Mm -hmm. and Martin Heinrich criticized you heavily for having gone to find federal resources that might help the sheriff's department and even APD and maybe other departments. You'll have to tell us the whole story. Um, There were several program I don't know if the programs or, or what they're called, but Operation Legend, Legend Operation Diligent Valor, and uh, Protecting American Communities Task Force, PACT, was in place. And your visit and your finding out about these federal resources actually resulted in your department being able to reduce crime significantly. But Martin Heinrich criticized you for it. What, did, what was that all about?
1: Uh, that's a politically motivated uh, attack uh, on me. But going back a little bit, I'll tell you for eight years that I or, or longer, almost 10 years because I was the interim sheriff also, that I never received one call from the, the senator when he was in office, whether he was a congressman and or a senator. So that just showed me that he wasn't very concerned w- with what was going on in New Mexico. And I believe that people will tell you throughout the state that, crime was a big issue and I never received one call from anyone in his staff about any concern. So I just feel like he was uh, detached, unaware and uh, not concerned about what was happening here. And so for me, uh, when we had the opportunity and Senator Sessions at the time came down, we sat in a forum that they hosted and I was able to articulate the issues that were going on in the Bernalillo County metro area and what happened from that point on was that they actually took an active role in interacting with us as a local law enforcement agency and being able to collaborate with them and get things done on behalf of the people. And that's what we were looking for, representation. But that representation wasn't coming from our own senators, our own people; It was coming from from the White House. Which well, you, you
0: went to Washington and introduced yourself, said, this is what I'm about, and they helped you.
1: What that that first initial contact was probably uh, there with Senator Sessions, and then that kind of grew out and or- organically to a point where we actually got invited to the White House because of the not only the relationship we formed, but more because the I'm going to say the outcomes we were getting and how how effective we were in collaborating with each other. And to me, that was a, an awesome thing, not only for us as a local agency, but uh, also for the state and other federal agencies that were involved to be able to serve the people because ultimately that's what everybody that is really truly committed to helping people that's what they do every day i remember in the albuquerque journal there was an
0: article when you returned and what you basically said is that several people with these agencies homeland security fbi etc were going to come to new mexico and i can't quote it exactly but martin heinrich senator heinrich said something like oh, and Manny Gonzalez is bringing his federal army to New Mexico, almost like there was going to be an invading force. Well, these were people in suits that had all kinds of crazy electronic data and everything that they hooked you up with and your department. And that resulted in in hundreds of arrests, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yes, I think he took part of the gaslighting uh, idea of like <laughs> what we were doing and kind of flipped that on us. And, and my point is this, is that I had no authority any, over any federal agencies. It was a mutual uh, agreement between us in terms of what we were w- wanted to get done. And we were going to collaborate because we understood that this, uh, this community and this state was in, in a crisis, so to speak, and still is and continues to get worse. And, uh, and we were going to do whatever in our constitutional power and God-given power to make sure that those things were done for the people. You
0: know, I didn't put this on our list, and I hope I'm not asking you something. Uh, I know you addressed this when you ran for mayor against Tim Keller. W- what is it that Albuquerque is a sanctuary
1: city? What does that even mean? My understanding is it gives people the, the latitude to come here uh, without any uh, almost immunity from the law. So I'm going to give you an idea. So you have an open border, right? And you come here illegally, and basically they're telling you nothing's going to happen to you. So it almost makes you feel like, in, in terms of what I feel is in conflict with the Constitution, because there is immigration laws. Mm-hmm. And how can somebody in a, whether it be a local or state jurisdiction, supersede constitutional or federal law? I, am, I can't wrap my mind around that. And uh, I think it's a very dangerous thing that they've done. And it's a very... A bad thing they've done in terms of compromising the safety of every citizen, not only in this community, but I'm going to say the country, because this is going on in, in a bunch of major cities, and it's not a, it's not a good policy.
0: I'm with Manuel Gonzalez III, our former Bernalillo County Sheriff and a possible candidate for U.S. Senate. We're going to talk about that a little bit uh, when we come back. But we're also going to flow right into this open border and how that might contribute to crime as we've covered here in the first half. So stay with us on ABQ Connect. We'll be right back. Jim Williams here with you on ABQ Connect. Manuel Gonzalez III, our former Bernalillo County Sheriff, is is on the radio with us today. He uh, ran for mayor. You might remember that uh, here back a year or so ago. Yeah. And uh, now considering a run uh, for state senator. And when you pick an opponent, you pick the big dogs. Uh, senator Martin Heinrich, of course, has been the incumbent for some, some years. Where are you in that process now?
1: Well, Jim... When I entertained the idea of this, you know, it was because uh, they reached out to me and uh, gave me my chances of of being a good candidate. And my profile and background really lined up good with all the issues in terms of border security, law and order, and uh, those type of issues that were at the top of the list. So uh, that's one of the main reasons I consider it. So we did launch our campaign. Uh, You know, there was a petition filing uh, deadline. Uh, we didn't fully meet that you know what we found is that you know although at the moment in time that we were looking at the race it seemed like the political landscape was just ripe for this and you know uh just a few days later that changed and you know those that's politics mm-hmm. and for me whether that be or not i'm uh, fully committed for the issues and uh And problem solving for new mexicans and i always will be so you know being somebody that's homegrown and committed to this community and has a long life or body of work that has to do with service as i mentioned it to you earlier you know that's my addiction and uh that's probably where i'll stay uh for for probably the next few years of my life until uh you know till it's they say no and uh you know for for the meantime i haven't given up on uh of course i haven't given up on myself but i definitely have never given up on the people you know, I, I
0: mentioned in our first segment that you've now switched from being a Democrat to being a Republican. Do you feel like there are people in both parties? And then, of course, you've got independents and, and others Um Do you feel like you're a person that could bring people together or that does bring people together? I mean, that's how you became the sheriff, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yes, being blessed enough to be the sheriff and being in that, I'll call it a bipartisan seat, you know, be neutral and almost politically with uh, uh, just in that process. Right. You're not really even though you have to run in a major party, you're really representing everybody Mm -hmm. and having that cultivation over the years, knowing that hey, you have to work on both sides of the aisle, so to speak, to get things Mm -hmm. done is I never asked anybody what their party affiliation it was just like are are you committed to the same like mindedness or, or you have the affinity to serve the people like I do and the rest a lot of other people in in this community and if that was a yes then uh, we were going to get along and we were going to get things done and and party doesn't drive that right like mindedness and and knowing what the problems are and wanting to solve them is what Comes you know, you, you sound very similar to the statements that
0: Carla Sontag with the New Mexico Business Coalition makes on this show. You uh-huh. know, everything she does is is bipartisan. She doesn't worry about party affiliations. She worries about people that want to be successful in business. They want to keep their family safe, and they want everybody to thrive. Those are the people that are part of her organization and I think that's the kind of person that you are as well
1: yes uh, so I know Carla and, and you're right when I'm at work it's we that's the way we talk is uh, how are we going to make people successful in this agency because you know you want to cultivate the leadership and you want to provide their best leader uh, leaders out there so they can serve the people because ultimately that's what it comes down to is service to the people and so being a leader of an agency and or an organization like Carla's it's always being focused on on what's going to be right for the greater good.
0: I asked you in the first segment what resources law enforcement need, and you talk about the officers need to be supported from the top down. Yes, You talked about equipment and, and, and various things that they need. We also talked about federal agencies that you've actually cooperated with with some success. Is there a way to establish that kind of ongoing cooperation with federal agencies to strengthen all of our small town departments in law enforcement
1: i would love to tell you yes but i don't believe this varies from administration to administration so so now you're talking about the white house now we're talking about uh, politics at the very highest level and so things are going to change so you may have an administration that is very pro-law enforcement and you're going to get the resources, the funding, and the things you need in order to address the crime problems. And on the other side of the coin, if you don't have somebody that is uh, committed to law and order, then you might get something that looks like what we have right now. Mm. And so for me, it's kind of the open borders, you know, the lack of support for law enforcement, law enforcement officers getting killed in the street, at right, that yes. currently. Yeah, you've seen that here, that. you've seen it in New York, you are seen it throughout the country. And you don't have the outcry for those people that you've had for some of the people that were uh, in, in the past that weren't police officers, right? That stemmed a lot of protest. And it's, it's just kind of awkward to me that you wouldn't have an outcry for the people that are, are willing to put their, their lives out on, on the line. And uh, the families that suffered through all this and the communities that suffer. And uh, everybody, I'm not going to say everybody seems to be okay with that, but something needs to change. You
0: know, I found something interesting. I was doing some research for in preparing for today, and I was able to go into like Los Angeles County's uh, law enforcement uh, data. And in there, it clearly says that over 34% of the crimes that are committed in L.A. County are coming from people that are illegal to this country. What's interesting to me is I'm not able to find that data on any New Mexico website. Almost intentionally, there's no discussion. So I wanted to ask you if you could give us an idea how crime, how the open border is possibly affecting crime in our state.
1: Oh, it's affecting us. Uh, you know, there was a couple cases uh, just uh, or a case a couple of weeks ago where there was a case, I believe, with the New Mexico State Police where they had a uh, some cartel. Related activity mm-hmm. uh, with some of these uh, dispensaries, yeah, these marijuana dispensaries. So uh, there, there is a lot of crime here. And, and just to your point, I am going to give you a couple little things I heard over the last couple of weeks. Just out there campaigning, well, I had a guy that uh, I ran into, and he was in the Southeast Heights, and he was seventy-two years old, and he's telling me, "Hey, Manny, I was uh, I live up in the Southeast Heights, and almost on a daily basis, and not literally every single day." I get propositioned by very young women at two dollars to have sex with them, so they could buy a fentanyl pill. Hmm. So that's what's going on in the streets of Albuquerque, but nobody's covering that, right? Um, the very liberal media here will not cover that story because that's gonna that's gonna just de- dis- be disruptive to the. Uh, the liberal agenda, if
0: you will, you to, know, to the fantasy being proposed yes. to all of us that all is well.
1: Yes. And and, and I, so I was down south and we went into a restaurant and as we were getting ready to leave, we asked the waitress, where are you from? She said, Carl's bad. You oh, know, we go, well, what's your future look like? Well, she goes, I moved away from there because I want to go to school in Las Cruces, but I had to get away from there because the fentanyl is so bad in Carl's bad that there's really nothing there for me. And so I left because I out of fear. And so this is a very young 1920 year old woman, young lady that was disclosing this to us. and this the, there's I almost can't talk to a person anymore that's not being affected by this this fentanyl crisis, this crime crisis. So this is what I tell people. So on the global scale, right, we're at war and we're at war with our enemies. This is is, drugs are coming in from China Mm -hmm. and right. And what they're in this, the long game of war, right? So what are they trying to do? They're trying to ruin the minds and the bodies of Of our young people, people, right? And it's effective and it's happening. And uh, that's what we need to be aware of. That's why that border needs to be closed. You know, there's people that there's terrorist cells throughout this country. They're here. Uh, There's people that are doing things that uh, that they're just getting organized and it's just getting ready for the next big event in this country. You know, and it's going to be an act of terrorism.
0: Have you talked to any of the men and women who are border patrol agents about this problem?
1: Well, not so much in detail. I was at the border a couple of weeks ago. We did run into an agent there, you know, and, you know, my, our understanding uh, of, of what things that change in terms of like enforcement versus like what they're doing, you know, I, I know they're there to protect the border, but in most cases, they're almost there and acting as, uh, you know, just liaisons to, to almost like allow some of these things to go on, you know. I don't don't really think they have the support to do the enforcement end of it. And uh, that's what's causing a bigger issue in this country.
0: Well, you know, there's a lot of people that have ideas about how to secure the border. We, of course, know former President Donald Trump wanted to build a wall and actually built a substantial amount. Um, When we come back after this break, I want to ask you a little bit about some of your ideas. about How you'd like to see the border Uh, And and how you'd like to integrate law enforcement, because defending the border also has to do with Albuquerque Police Department, Albuquerque Sheriff's Department. Seems like we're a little farther away from the border, but it really... A lot of the people that are helping bring people in are in Albuquerque. Yes,
1: we, we could still be considered a border city because we're so close. So we're so, cl- so yeah. close. and we have two major through fairs, right? We have, we have the Interstate 25 and 40 Exchange. So yeah, we are a border city. Interesting. Uh, Manuel Gonzalez third is our guest
0: today on ABQ Connect, talking about crime in New Mexico, talking about possibly running for uh, Senate against uh, incumbent Martin Heinrich. And uh, just generally talking about the welfare of New Mexico and his desire to see us all be safe and and thrive in a a great business environment, uh, a lovely place to live. I know you enjoy the outdoors. So we're going to talk a lot more uh, with Manuel Gonzalez. We'll be back after these messages. Mm -hmm. I always call my friend Sheriff Gonzalez Sheriff because uh, that's how I've known him for most of the time. I've known him uh, probably a good 10 years now. And I, I really appreciated all the things that you did in the in the Bernalillo County Sheriff's Department. Uh, really, you know, was interested in the ghost unit. You, you did a lot of really covert things, uh, fighting people that were using the Internet to attack children. Uh, amazing stuff that, that you did there. Very innovative. Um, but there were also people that were constantly criticizing you. I never heard yet yeah, tragic things happen where some of your officers were, officers were attacked and, and different things. And, and, again, people don't quite understand evil uh, I, I, think that that's really important, uh, for people to understand is that they need to have their head on a swivel. They need to operate in, I guess what we call the yellow, where you're aware of your surroundings. Yes. If you're in the white where you're just unconscious about everything going on, uh, you are endangering your life.
1: Yeah. That's probably the only place you want to be at white is in the comfort of your home. Right. right. Unless, some, unless something changes, but I'm, pretty much that should be at home. But yeah, outside your home, it should probably be yellow or, or above that Once the, when things uh, are happening to you. Know.
0: Yeah. I, You know, we've talked about faith a little bit. Here, here's a point that I want to make. As a law enforcement person and serving our communities, um, you were charged, you've already said you were led by God to be in, in that position to serve people. But there were people... There are many, many people with different ideologies. Yes, Uh, uh, The word diversity is always used, many different beliefs, not just people that are common, share your common Christian values. I want you to speak to, is it difficult for you to protect all of us, or do you just have an idea that you want to protect the people that are the
1: same as you? No, I didn't find it hard to protect all of us, because ultimately— that's the responsibility you have, right? So having your individual beliefs, having my faith is something that drives me as a as a human being. I don't expect everybody to be like me. I say we're all unique. I think we live in the greatest country that's ever existed, and we have the the greatest the, the rights that anybody could ever have. So I have to respect that if you believe in something else, that's I have to I should respect that. I shouldn't drive you to believe what I believe, you know? So to me, that's something that makes our country, I think, so awesome. And I don't think every country has that in the world. But you don't just respect what other people believe. You're willing to put your life on the line for what they believe. Yes. Even, even if you disagree with it. Yes. And that, that so that's the higher calling, right? That's, so that's your faith and your belief in God and, That's the calling to answer your your service to him. So for me, that's why I have so much admiration for people in law enforcement that are willing to do that because that is a higher calling. Mm -hmm. And there's other callings in life that also ask for that for major sacrifices. And I respect and have a lot of admiration for those other people that make those same kind of sacrifices. I'm a native New Mexican. Yes. Uh, I know what I'm
0: going to call old school Democrats and I know a lot of Republicans, I know a lot of independents, etc. But something has happened in our state where I would say this to you as boldly as I possibly can. The old school Democrats in our state have been traditionally ultra conservative with their families. And when I say conservative, I don't mean it in the sense that the conservatives say it. Mm-hmm. I mean it in the sense that they have a, a hierarchy of priorities. Their families were the absolute most important thing. Yes. The second most important thing is their neighbors. Their family and their neighbors. Thirdly, they they worried about commerce and jobs and 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 those kind of things. And they didn't get they didn't go off into the weeds about your orientations to this or that. Yeah. They they just had those priorities. Why have those priorities kind of left? Or have they? Maybe they haven't.
1: Maybe they haven't. Maybe they're not really paying attention to what's going on because we do live in a global world now Mm -hmm. and there's probably a global agenda and uh, sometimes they're not always aware because maybe that older generation still tries to get their information the way they used to. Well, we live in a real-time information world. Right. When you're getting your information. So it's like the newer generation has a whole different perspective on these things than, like you said, the older generation. And so there just might be a lack or break breakdown of of that. And I don't know so much that they've given that up. I think it's might be kind of fading away a little bit. Yeah.
0: I I mentioned in the last segment that you did some things in the Burlington County Sheriff's Department to prevent crimes that were happening on the Internet. Mm hmm. Uh, you know, soliciting yes. children and and uh, trafficking and, and those kind of issues. How are how is cyber warfare or whatever is that is that becoming more prevalent? I mean, drug dealers are using it and everything else. Is there a way to fight crime uh, even more effectively through all these electronic means?
1: Yes, of course. Uh, you know, there's so much so much information that you can gather from a phone, right? So when they introduced the smartphone into society, well, some things that people weren't aware of at the time, especially people that weren't familiar with technology, is that you just introduced literally the whole world into your, your home, so to speak, right? Whether it be your children holding, holding that phone and giving them access. So that's a very dangerous thing without knowing who's trying to reach your children. So there are a lot of ways or there are ways technology-wise to know what's in this phone. And that's what gives law enforcement other methods and other ways to figure out who those perpetrators are of sometimes uh, child, child crimes or stalking crimes or whatever other crimes, right? They could be uh, criminal networks. They could be trafficking drugs. They could be uh fencing, you name it, property, well, stolen property, whatever it is, the shoplifting stuff, all these things come back to these these phones.
0: So the sheriff's department is largely working in the unincorporated areas surrounding Albuquerque. Yes. So if you stop somebody and you find out that uh, they're, they're committing a crime, maybe they've stolen a car, that would be an example, and they're arrested, they're booked, they're taken basically to jail, how do your officers feel when an hour later they're back on the street? Because that's pretty common, isn't it?
1: Yes, that, that, could, that seemed to be the case when I left. And I think that's one of the parts that maybe we kind of left out earlier is that uh, what do they need? Well, we talked a little bit like, yeah, it's nice to have the cars, the resources, the communications, the training. Of course, you need support from the top down, right? That's what you just need to to do the job. But then you need a fully functional criminal justice system to hold people accountable for the crimes they're committing so that you know, we're not running on the hamster wheel, so to speak. And is when that
0: being politically influenced to be
1: less effective? Again, I think that goes back to what I said about what's going on in like, in terms of like what's, who's pro-law enforcement when they're in office and who may not be pro-law enforcement. And that definitely has an impact on crime. Yeah,
0: I I find so many people are interested in being reelected,
1: not in working to do the job they're supposed to be doing. And I don't think people are always working for New Mexico issues or values. And that's why, you know, I wanted to toss my name in the hat because I feel that that's being overlooked to a fault. And until we get people that are going to really look out for the values and the issues and wanting to solve the problems of New Mexico, they're going to continue to increase. So there
0: is a possibility that you would be appearing on the ballot in this election?
1: And- well, at this point, I think it's uh, it might be a far gone conclusion, but it's just based on because we didn't get the petition signed. But, you know, uh, I don't know how many listeners you have on today, if they were still willing to go on and go on to uh, WWW Manny for U.S. Senate and, and sign the petition. I'm not going to tell you where to get on there, but at least we're still making an effort. Like uh, we're in the, in the race. And I will not give up until I get the disqualification letter. And if I receive that, then I know what my fate is. And if you
0: don't, we're going to see you running for something else pretty soon. Well,
1: I'll stay active and I always want to serve uh, people in New Mexico. So that you, I told you I'm addicted to them. So I love it. Manny, thanks so much for joining yeah, us. Today. Thank you for having me, Jim.